Next on BYU Sports Nation, last second heartbreak on the Boise Blue again. Why does this one feel different than the others? Or does it? BYU struggles in the red zone for a second straight week. Is that something big, little, or nothing? Plus, ESPN analyst Trevor Maddich on whether he's more encouraged or discouraged about BYU football at this point and his breakdown of the final play in Boise. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, November 5th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who will not accept another moral victory, Jerem Jordan. If we are cool with mediocrity, we should all be content today. Moral victory. I am not, though. This is, this is not BYU football right now. And there's obviously some frustrations, some disappointments. Uh, people are upset, yeah. BYU's 0-5 on that, uh, that blue Smurf turf, man. It's, it's, just, it's just fickle, you know? It stinks, and yet again it comes down to the wire. Amazing, right? Four of the five games on the Boise Blue. I'm thinking of different words besides amazing, but I feel you. Have come down to one possession, crazy Not a last single second. time BYU gets one? Come on. That's what I was saying. Once BYU got down to the five, I was like, give us this one. I don't know where I was pointing my direction, whether it was heavenward or something. Give us this one. Oh, I had come those on. thoughts. I had those thoughts a few times on that. Did we use drive. up all the coin <laughs> with Nebraska and Boise State in twenty? Maybe has it been three Maybe. years of that in twenty sixteen? All those close games, we use them up. We fill our quota of close wins. Yeah, here's the thing: whenever BYU suffers a close loss, you pile on by thinking about all of the close losses. Maybe we should make a list of the close wins that BYU has had in the last. Well, five I years. I went through and looked at uh, one score games. The last three years, BYU six and ten. Before the previous three years, it was five hundred. And the last time that BYU had a winning record in one score of games, four and one in twenty eleven, which happens to be the last season BYU won ten games and got ranked in a poll. Okay, so what you're so saying is win you, close games. When you win close games, yeah. it swings the season. It really does. A jam packed Monday show to recap a wild weekend and prepare for a huge week ahead. It's another Maddich Monday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us in about 15 minutes. What's his biggest concern with BYU football, and what's the best thing he saw on Saturday night? I know it wasn't the actual Boise Blue turf because no one likes that, except maybe Boise. Yeah, maybe Boise. In 30 minutes. like it. We will recap our going for two picks if we absolutely have to. And we're 13 days, uh, 12 days out from New Mexico State, so we should know the kick time in TV today. All right. We'll per- keep uh, Perhaps uh, in the next little while. Who knows? Yeah, we'll uh, keep our eyes peeled on that. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yes, we've seen this before. BYU football loses to Boise State. On the final play of the game. The latest, a 21-16 setback after freshman quarterback Zach Wilson scrambled under pressure and was tackled short of the end zone. Here is the call on the final play. Tight ends left and right. Hadley's in the backfield with Wilson in the gun. Snap, Zach. Settling, settling. Pressure comes. He's tackled at the five. Is he going down? The pile pushes. And the game is over. The clock runs out. 
Boise wins it 21-16. Zach Wilson stopped five yards shy of the end zone on the final play of the game. Every time I watch it, I just want to make him throw the ball. Throw the ball. <laughs> throw it to Talon Shumway on the right side. Low slant, or, just or see. Throw it away, give yourself one. Oh, it's hard, obviously. I know, so, but I know. He can't eat it there. He can't eat it. No. Did a lot of good things. Sure. Unfortunately, that wasn't one of them. Sure. The Cougars fall to four and five. They'll travel to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The best man can get. To take on the four and six UMass Minutemen who just put up 60 plus <laughs> against Liberty. UA opens as a 13 and a half point favorite. Wow. Wowie. Wow. Kyle Van Noy had nine tackles in a 31-17 Patriots victory over the Green Bay Packers in said Gillette Stadium. Uh, Jamal Williams rushed for 34 yards, had two catches for 20 for the Packers. After the game, we had a camera there. Williams talked about playing his former BYU teammate. Oh, man, this is nothing but love. But, you know, doing the game is trying to make sure your team win and everything and doing your job. And, you know, he was guarding me a couple, a lot uh, tonight. So, and then... You know, when he tackled me all out of bounds, <laughs> it was a funny boy. <laughs> when he, I got tackled on the passes, the Patriots sideline, he picked, uh, he tackled me, picked me up, like, give me a hand and help me up. The sideline was like, whoa, Kyle, what are you doing? And he was like, yo, this is my little, this is my little one, my little bro, <laughs> so I got to help him up. Fun story there between Jamal and Kyle. By the way, the uh, Packers-Patriots, best overnight rating for a Week 9 game in 13 years. Oh, it was the battle of the goats, right? (laughs) Can you have two goats? (laughs) (laughs) Number one ranked BYU women's volleyball remains the lone unbeaten team in America. There's one unbeaten out of 330 teams and also one number one ranked team. BYU is both after beating WCC second place foe San Diego three sets to one. Winning this one. Medill on the slide. Miller and Knighting there for the block. Luke's blocked. She keeps it alive. Medill will go right back to Luke's. Blocked once again. Barry bumps it. Luke's can't get it through the BYU block for a fourth time. Medill try the other side. I still wow. can't believe they pulled that off. What a play. The sequence of five consecutive blocks. Awesome. It finally went for a point. That changed the match. BYU. By the way, the number one team, according to the NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Committee, as of Halloween. That's a big deal, because who cares about the poll? It's just an opinion poll. It's about the, the committee selection committee. The overall one seed. That's yes. a big deal. BYU will host Santa Clara on Thursday in pursuit of win number 24 this season, live on BYU TV in the Smithfield House. If BYU wins both this week, they clinch at least a share of the conference championship. Yeah, the magic well. number is two. Yeah. BYU women's soccer beat LMU to finish the regular season Saturday night. What was the score? 2-1, I think. Uh, the women's uh, West Coast Conference champs, they find out where they fit in the NCAA tournament today, 4.30 Eastern on NCAA.com. Yeah, a couple of questions we're wondering about. Will they get a home game? And if they do, who's coming to Provo? Yeah, what what day would it be, right? Yeah. We expect it to be this weekend, Friday or Saturday. Also, uh, coming up in about 40 minutes, we'll tell you how high the Cougars are climbing in one of the major college soccer polls. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, so close again on the Boise Blue. Jerem, how would you best describe the way you feel 
about said loss to Boise State. I'm just sad and disappointed. Yeah. I really am. BYU lost this game in the first quarter to me. I know everyone's talking about the final sequence, but you can't go down 14 nothing on the road against Boise State on the blue and be like, yeah, yeah, we should win this game. Like, I think, I think that if BYU starts the game even, then BYU wins this thing, okay? Let's, let's recap. And maybe by 7 or 10. Let's recap, okay? Um, I, and I don't care. BYU's lost by 3, Just by win. 1, thrice. Just win. Just win. Okay, opening kickoff. Riley Burt brings it out. To the 13. You've already lost 12 yards right there. Not good. A three and out for negative two yards, a 30-yard punt. Nearly a goal line stand on defense. Boy, State goes up 7 nothing. Second drive. Missed 48-yard field goal. BYU moved the ball a little bit, but missed the field goal. Boy, State goes down, scores another touchdown. 14 nothing. From that point on, BYU outscores Boise State 16-7. to I think the Cougars outplayed the Broncos the last three quarters. At that point, BYU Twitter... Was a hot mess. I tweeted after the first quarter, Boise State 2,873, BYU 0. That's what it feels like. So, listen, moral victory to BYU for playing better the last three. But, of course, the primary focus is the last play. That's what it came down to. Zach Wilson has to throw that ball away. But he did just make a fourth and two play work for a first down, so I don't discredit his desire and his attention, but I'm really frustrated by the fact that BYU had five plays. One was to clock it, so four plays to get the ball in the end zone from the five-yard line. Not a single ball, not a single time to BYU throw the ball in the end zone, and that's really disappointed. Um, disappointing. To his credit, here's Zach Wilson owning it mm-hmm. after the game. Yeah. No, I thought we moved it well. I think, I think we moved it well all night. Um, it's too bad to come up short right there. Just and you learn something new every day, right? You, uh, you learn and you grow and you uh, watch the film and you go fix it. So. What was supposed to happen on that last play? Uh, we were two concept route. Nothing was open. I should have been smart and thrown it out of the back of the end zone. How hard is that to do in the moment? It is. I mean, to be honest, it didn't cross my mind. I was just thinking uh, check both my routes. Whichever one I had open was going to be there. And uh, I came to throw it away. You know, it was just a freshman mistake. I guess people would call it. I mean, I can't, I can't put that... You know, I gotta know that. I gotta, I gotta hold myself accountable to to make that play right there. And uh, it's too bad we came up short. To cite something from one of the top ten cliches of all time, hindsight is twenty twenty. I credit Zach Wilson for owning it. He knew what he needed to do. He made the mistake. He admitted it. Doesn't change anything. But when you look back at that and think, oh man, just just throw the quick slant. Maybe throw it low to avoid a potential interception. Just, just with throw the ball. Just just. Try. Just give do yourself something. two chances. Yes. Yeah. If it's incomplete, you have one or two sure. seconds left, and yeah. then you can maybe scramble around and try and run in if you have to because it's down to one play. But, ah, it just it hurts. It hurts. And as you pointed out, BYU outplayed Boise State for three quarters, which is statistically. But it's a four-quarter game. Exactly. Yeah. Statistically, they had winning numbers defensively, and they outgained Boise State's offense on the blue by 61 yards. BYU outgained Boise State offensively on the road and lost. These weird statistics just keep happening the past two weeks, and I think that's why BYU fans are so frustrated. And why I'm frustrated is I'm looking at these numbers, and I'm seeing a lot of winning numbers on defense, on defense yeah. and it's not happening. Yes, BYU held another opponent under 24 and lost. They've done it three times this year. Yes. How close is BYU to being BYU's, six and three? Yes, really close. Really close. Um, I'm. I get why BYU ran the ball inside the five, but I don't get why they ran it three straight times. Matt Hadley took a playoff, and then he ran the ball twice after a fifty-nine yard run. He was probably gassed. I'm sure. So I'm just. 
Zach Katoa, Lopini Katoa, ran for eight yards there. I, the the design run on fourth and two by Zach Wilson, great play. Gets the first. They clock it. Seven seconds. No timeouts. You've got to throw the ball there. Yeah, that's just really hard. And 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 then BYU pulls it off, and we're like, this is one of the best wins in Independence. Freshman quarterback on the blue, awesome. So yeah, close. It's, it's disappointing. I know, but yeah, I'm close. not going to take the moral victories here. I really am not because this team is better than this. So I'm frustrated. Okay, after a stellar performance in Zach Wilson's first start against Hawaii, putting up a season high in points, yards, rush yards, the Cougar O has struggled the last two weeks, scoring uh, one touchdown the past oh. two weeks. Touchdowns have been rare, which is our subject of the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. It isn't just the last two games. It's BYU has scored one touchdown in the last 24 drives. That includes one drive that you ended a half kneeling. Okay, so it's like 23. I think I'm going to be sick. But the Cougars need to get in the red zone a little more and punch it in. Spencer, are BYU's red zone struggles a big thing, something, or nothing? Oh, this is an enormous thing. Can I take it one level? It's gigantic. Gigantor. BYU, before the last two weeks, when they got inside the 10-yard line, were lights out. They were typically getting into the end zone. You got inside the 10, it, they were going to score. The first seven games, 67% TD ratio. Wow! The last two weeks, 20%. It's one for five. When they, for the first seven games, it was, okay, if anything, they'll settle for a short field goal, and then you feel the disappointment. There are instances where BYU is getting inside the 10 and then being pushed outside the 25 and not getting any points. NIU, BYU's down 7-3 and could have scored. Zach Wilson makes that run. BYU's inside 10, first and goal, boom, back-to-back penalties. We talked about that. Then in this situation, even at the end of the game, BYU's right there. Matt Bushman has got to hold on to that ball, and BYU is getting at least three there, if not seven, in the red zone. Instead, it's zero points. So I'm with you. BYU needs to get in the red zone a little bit more, okay? Five times the last two weeks. They need to get there more, and then they need to punch it in more, obviously. You need three touchdowns out of those five, if not two. Yes, And that makes all a, the difference. That's the thing. Give me one more. If you give me one more touchdown then BYU at least wins one of the last two games. <laughs> yes, and they're not – I mean, BYU is like this from being 6-3. Six six and, three. Three. and when, I, when I zoom out and I look at everything that's happened with who BYU is playing and who they are, uh, who they're playing in the game, who they're physically playing across the line of scrimmage, you know, 5-4 and four would probably be a fair record. But BYU is sitting, you know, at 4-5, and five, which is – Red zone tough. offense priority number one without question for BYU's and, offense this well, week. Well, I <laughs> – that too, but I would say sacks allowed. Oh, man. 12 the last two weeks. 12. All things considered, Jerem, as we look back at the 21-16 loss, <laughs> as much as it hurts, are you more encouraged or discouraged when it comes to the current state of BYU football? It's, I, I suppose it depends on what you're looking at. If, if you're zoomed in and you're on this season and you're on right now, I would be And discour- last week. I would be discouraged. Um, because BYU's had two very winnable games against quality opponents. NIU is 5-0 and in the MAC, by the way. That would be a nice win. BYU didn't pull it off at home without scoring a touchdown. Boise State, you end that streak up there, and you, you put your foot down a little bit in the region, which BYU hasn't, and now the, the struggles against the rivals continue for BYU the last couple of seasons. Um, I could see where you could be encouraged if you're looking at, okay, this is building. But it's really hard because BYU's coming off 4-9. Like, there's not a lot of time to be like, hey, guys, let's figure this out and build for the future. Getting to a bowl game and taking a step forward, yes. But there have been moments where this team has shown us that they can be pretty good. 
And we saw some of that Saturday. We saw it against Wisconsin. We saw it against Arizona. But then there are other days, like NIU and then the first quarter against Boise State and kind of that, that last drive even. You go high and then you go way low very quickly. Yeah, big picture, I'm encouraged primarily because of what Zach Wilson brings to the quarterback position for BYU. His, his ceiling abil- is high. His ability to make plays in a myriad of ways makes me really excited about what could be. Uh, and some people are saying, you should be excited about what he's doing right now. It's like, well, he's still got a long way to go, and he's got a lot of room to grow. And so if you think he's good a now, rhyme. If, the, if you think he's good now, then you should be excited about the future of BYU football at the quarterback position. He's made some real freshman mistakes, but he's made some tremendous play that are not freshman plays. I mean, he, he has some room to grow for sure. I'm encouraged. I think BYU can handle the schedule a little bit better with him. In September, especially next year, when BYU plays four power fives in a row, three at home. Yeah, marinate on this a little bit. With what happened to a certain rival team just to the north of BYU. Tell the people that don't know. Tyler Huntley broke his collarbone. He's out for the year. And with the emergence of Zach Wilson getting more experience in his freshman year, that game now looks a little bit different. A little bit bit different going to Salt Lake City. BYU's got to take care of business against UMass. I think they will. I think the offense will look good. In both of the next two games. One of the worst defenses in the country. Get to 6-5 and five and just, it's weird now, up on the hill in Salt Lake City. Let's, let's hope it's weird in the game, too. But BYU's got to win. Like, if they lose by one and it's close, we're going to feel the same way we do right now, which is like, oh, right there, and then yet again, not a win. Come are on. You, are you more encouraged or discouraged about BYU football after Saturday's game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Y underscore Soup on Twitter, without question, I can't help but be encouraged. BYU made a ton of mistakes, and I don't think they got outplayed. The potential is there. With the number of freshmen making an impact, I'm very hopeful for the future. And one hesitation there is, it's always about later. It's got to be about right now, too. Ah, later, later. (sighs) Right now, man. Let's go. Coming up, neither of us want to mention they're going for two, but we are contractually obligated to do so. (laughs) And next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the best and worst from BYU football's performance and loss to Boise State. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, Boise. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today, following BYU Sports Nation at 1 Eastern, Gregor Bell talks with BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner with Elisa Tuiaki and Jeff Grimes. It's coming up at the top of the hour after us on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show by going to BYUSN.com. Experience it whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day. Are you more encouraged or discouraged about BYU football following Saturday's game at Boise? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Reply whenever you can. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is ESPN College Football Insider and National champion Trevor Maddich back for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, let's ask you, after Saturday's loss at Boise State, are you more encouraged or discouraged about the direction of BYU football? I'm encouraged. 
about the direction of BYU football, that that's a tough place to go win. And if you break down the offense and the defense and the special teams, by the way, you can see that there were a lot of things to be excited about. They made some mistakes, especially on offense, that are basically young guy mistakes that are correctable by guys that otherwise made a lot of plays for the most part. And so I'm, I'm overall, even though they lost, even though it was so gut-wrenching that they had a chance to win at the end, uh, as I dig into it deeper, I think that the trajectory is still, or trajectory is still heading into a, a good direction. I feel like BYU lost the game in the first quarter, Trevor, because the Cougars go down 14 nothing, and then it's hard to ask a freshman quarterback to bring you back in that game at Boise State where they've lost eight games since 2000. How do you see it? Well, but he did, didn't he? And Almost. The defense, the defense held Boise State to about half their normal point production on their home field while the offense was struggling in the first half especially. And you're right, it is a lot to ask to, to bring them back. But that, that goes to one of the big mistakes. I mean, people talk about the end of the game, but I think one of the, one of the things that is correctable is Matt Bushman's fumble mm. inside the five-yard line on that double pass. It was a phenomenal catch by Bushman. He had to reach up and fight for that ball, and he did. He turned around and started running down towards the goal line, and when the defender was right there on him, he covered the ball with both hands, which he needs to do. That's a smart thing to do for a sophomore. But then as he was going down, his left hand came off the ball to kind of break his fall. And that's when the ball was stripped. That is one of those human nature reactions that is really hard to coach out of yourself. But it happened. It's just a natural reaction, and that reaction occurred. The left hand came off the ball. The ball came out. Otherwise, the BYU has the first down and the momentum on about the three-yard line. Instead, they had no points from that. And so when you look at things like that, it's hard for me to say that, hey, the whole game we have to paint with a brush that BYU just wasn't good enough. I mean, there were just individual plays here and there that guys that otherwise were striving and doing really good work just made a mistake here and there. And to me, that's, you know, if you take that and that's real, that happened. But when you balance that with the good things that happened, you can see how close these guys are. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. There are several elements to BYU football right now that are a cause of concern, specifically from Boise State, red zone effectiveness, third down conversions, allowing a lot of quarterback sacks. But let's talk about why you feel like you're encouraged, Trevor. What was the best thing you saw from BYU on Saturday? Well, the best thing I saw was the defense. Because those penalties on offense got that offense off the field and back, and the defense back onto the field. The sacks, same way. BYU still isn't good enough to enforce its will through negative plays of their own that make it harder for them to get a first down. And so the defense had to go back and go back and go back onto the field. And yet the defense against a very explosive offense and a senior quarterback in Brett Rippon who will be in the NFL next year, they were, I thought, for the most part in this game, nothing short of magnificent. I mean, 21 points against a team that averages over 40 on their home field under those circumstances I thought was great. Now, you could pick them, pick them, be nitpicky a little bit if you want and say they didn't get enough sacks and all that. Hey, you know what? Overall, they did a really good job of making the plays they needed to make. I think that offensively, the, the penalties that you talked about in the sacks were the, the biggest part of it. I mean, we can talk about Zach Wilson, I guess, in a bit, but you know, the, 
when you're going against a three and four man pass rush, even on the road when it's hard to hear, it's kind of important to figure out a way to not give up. What was it, seven sacks? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and then even more pressures. And so it's a young offensive line. You've got freshmen and sophomores all over that thing. Uh, even so, I thought that they would do better than that under those circumstances. And then from a standpoint of the penalties, that really hurt them. I mean, they had eight penalties, but they had them at critical junctures. And again, remember this, that a team like BYU needs to be able to stay even with those chains. And even though Zach Wilson has elevated that passing game, and even though some really good things have been happening uh, from a standpoint of a spark on that offense, they're still not good enough consistently to have what was a third and five, have it turn into third and 15 and get a first down. So those are the kinds of things that, that limit their ability to win the game. How much of that is Zach Wilson not throwing the ball away versus the O-line needing to block better? It's uh, both. And the tight ends and running backs, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's both. Zach Wilson did hold the ball too much. Zach Wilson could have thrown it away at times. He could have checked down more quickly at times. But there were times when there were a three-man pass rush and they got there anyhow. And so these are things that they'll, they'll need to correct. You're talking about Zach Wilson and he – you know, you talk about some of the mistakes that he made. I mean, especially late in the game, there were opportunities to, to hit open receivers and he threw the ball into the ground at their feet. You know, he missed a couple of those things. And, and then there was that play at the end where they had seven seconds to go. He drops back to pass. It was about the three-yard line, two, three-yard line. And they had an opportunity to run two plays there. The first one could have been a quick fade or a quick dart to either a slant or an out. And if it wasn't there, they still have a couple seconds that they can now go a pass-run option because they were out of timeouts. Instead, he dropped back, didn't like what he saw, waited, waited, and then tried to run. And people are giving him a lot of grief for that. And that's, that is a learning moment for him. And I wish that he would have just fired that ball out of the end zone. But at the same time, had it not been for Zach Wilson, I don't think they would have been in position to be able to you know, have that gut-wrenching loss at the end anyway. So I think Zach Wilson is showing a lot more positive than negative, and pretty much all of the negatives in this game for Wilson are things that he'll learn from, and we'll see as we look at his career going forward. We'll see him managing those situations better. We'll see him not short-arm the ball to open receivers, but rather hit him in critical moments. And I think this we can see as one of the launching points of his career because I know he works hard, and I know he's learning. And so even though it's so frustrating for fans and more frustrating for him that the game ended the way it did, I see, I see so much positive in Zach Wilson. It's another Maddox Monday on BYU Sports Nation with ESPN's Trevor Maddox, College Football Insider. BYU has scored exactly one touchdown in the last two games, and they have been in the red zone plenty to, you would think, produce more than just one touchdown. What has to happen for BYU to find success when they get inside the 20? Well, they, the penalties are a big part of it, and the sacks are a big part of it down there. Uh, people give the Jeff Grimes play calling grief because they think it was maybe too conservative down there. Why is he running the ball here? Why is he calling a run instead of throwing? Well, here's why you call a run, because you've got a freshman quarterback who's been getting sacked. You've got an offensive line that's been giving up too much pressure, and you have too many holding penalties. And the worst thing that could happen to them down there is not to have a running play, only gain three four yards, 
The worst thing that could happen is have a 10-yard holding penalty or a sack where you lose 10 yards and lose the down as well. And there were a whole bunch of those. So I think the, the play calling was appropriate given the situation in the game and, and what the capabilities were of the offense in the moment. And they've got to eliminate the mistakes down there before the positives can really come forth. Remember this. This is an eternal truth of football. More games are lost than they are won. That means unnecessary penalties. That means missed assignments. That means things that you do to hurt yourself before the defense ever comes into play or on the other side before the offense comes into play. And BYU on the offensive side of the ball is very young, and they're still making those mistakes that harm themselves without the defense having a whole lot to do with it. So the, the reason that they're struggling in the red zone, in my opinion, the biggest reason, is because while they make two steps forward, then they make one step back on their own. And in the red zone, things are so tight, things happen so fast, and the margin for error is so slim that those self-inflicted mistakes will really stand out. Now, once again, though, I think you can see the positives, and you can see that when the corrections are made, uh, it'll be like a, a switch is flipped. But for now, in the wake of this game and, and last one against Northern Illinois, it's just really frustrating. Yeah, it's hard in that red zone sequence uh, because BYU ran the ball five straight plays, if you will. Yep. Um, used two timeouts there, but yeah, yep. it's tough. So now BYU moves but wait, on. But wait, but wait, but where did they end up? They ended up inside the five with seven seconds to go, to go and the opportunity for two plays to win the game on the road to Boise. If I told you that before that sequence happened, would you have taken it? I would have, but I wouldn't have taken a sack on the final play. I wouldn't have taken that. Well, but there you go. But, see, that, but when you talk about the, the, all those consecutive runs, people think that's way too conservative, but what did it do? It, it eliminated the negative big play from penalties or sacks, and it put them in position to be able to run two plays at the end from inside the five at Boise. And if you'd have said that beforehand, you'd have said, okay, yeah, no, I'll I'll take that opportunity. Now, the opportunity wasn't managed as well as it will be in the future because you've got a freshman quarterback in that situation. But, you know, what I'm saying is that the play calling is a function of, of who you got and how they're doing in the moment and what's likely to work the best. And that's what plays were called. And I had no problem with those play calls. I would have liked to see the ball get in the end zone one time in the final four plays, though. In the final well, four plays, BYU okay. did not even throw it into the end zone a single time. Um, yeah, and, and that's to get tough. a holding penalty or a sack, and now they have to throw it into the end zone. Right. The risk is that, but the reward is that you win the game. And the ball never got in there, and BYU lost. Okay, BYU, yeah, moves, well, okay. On. BYU moves on to UMass and New Mexico State. BYU opens yep. as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite against UMass. That tells you a lot about the Minutemen. Who just won in triple overtime, sixty-two fifty. That is so cynical. Wow, crazy, right? Well, they're oh, they're just bad, Trevor. They're just bad. Do you yeah. believe that BYU will win the next two games and get to a bowl game? Yes, I believe they will, because I believe they're really close to breaking out on offense. I just do. We talked a lot over the last couple of years about the receivers not knowing that they're in a fight just waiting for the ball to come down, and if it gets there, great. If it doesn't, okay. Not going after it, you know, with a proprietary anger that it's my ball or no one's ball. Well, I'll tell you, this, this second half of the season, I've been really proud of the receivers. We've got a young quarterback in there with tremendous arm talent, and Andre Ware, a Heisman Trophy winner on the game broadcast, was exceptionally um, positive about what Zach Wilson is doing and what he will do as he continues to gain experience. I think the offensive line is young. There's a lot of good things that are going on there. And I think that when you look at this game against UMass, 
Um, I think that they're just so close. Just eliminate a few mistakes. Now, FPI, F, uh, ESPN's Football Power Index gives BYU a 70, let's see, 72% chance to beat UMass this week and a 93% chance to beat New Mexico State the following. So if BYU doesn't win those games, it will have been because they just they beat themselves, essentially. Then we have Utah, which there will be a lot of time to talk about. That's going to be an interesting little matchup coming up at the end of the season. <laughs> but they've got to beat UMass and New Mexico State in order to get ball eligible. I think they will win both of those games, and I think that they'll be on a roll heading into that rivalry game on November 24th. Trevor, great stuff. And uh, like you said, plenty of time to talk about that approaching Utah matchup. But uh, the first goal in line is beat UMass and then try and get bowl eligible against New Mexico State. Thanks so much for the time, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Our thanks to Trevor Maddich for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And this just in uh, from BYU Athletics. BYU will host New Mexico State next Saturday on November 17th. The broadcast will begin at 10.15 Eastern on ESPN2. So that time that we're all familiar with, uh, love it or hate it, the late Saturday night. Uh, countdown to kickoff will begin at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. So BYU on ESPN2 against New Mexico State on November 17th. And that sets up a fun oh, day baby. because we've got women's hoops at 3 Eastern against Eastern Washington on the W.TV. Men's hoops is going to play Alabama A&M, at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. So a doubleheader in the Merritt Center. And then we got football that night. So that's a huge day. All-day sports, essentially, on BYU TV between the doubleheader with women's basketball, men's basketball, short break, and then countdown to kickoff, which takes us into ESPN2's coverage. ESPN2 picks up New Mexico State at BYU. Okay. And hopefully the Cougars are... New Mexico State, just to be clear. Hopefully the Cougars are playing for bowl eligibility that night. And it's senior night. So it's an important game. Uh, I mean, on the surface, you wouldn't think New Mexico State, hey, big game, but... With that context, yeah, certainly no, will there be. are some yeah. there are some uh, juicy nuggets there. Coming up, BYU opens up as a big favorite at UMass. I'm cynical, says Trevor. Is this a big <laughs> deal or no deal? And the carnage of going for two happens next. I can't buy a bucket, man. It was ugly. It was really ugly. And we're going to look at that ugliness. I grouped some fastballs <laughs> down the middle, and I can't get anything. This is BYU Sports Nation. I can't. BYU men's basketball opens the season tomorrow at 7th-ranked Nevada. What? Game coverage begins at 10 Eastern with Jason Shepard, and tomorrow we'll make our season projections and predictions as well. Yeah, out of left field comes this. BYU basketball gets a top-10 team tomorrow. Go. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with something that's not full of as much enthusiasm. With today's BYU and headlines. Yep, BYU football loses to Boise State. Final play of the game. Heard that before. Cougars fall to four and five. They'll travel all the way across the country to Foxborough, Massachusetts, and Gillette Stadium to take on the four and six UMass Minutemen. He's a 13 and a half point favorite. Let's go. Wow. Kyle Van Noy had nine tackles in a 31-17 Patriots victory over the Green Bay Packers. Jamal Williams rushed for 34 yards, had two catches for 20 in the loss. Number one ranked BYU women's volleyball beat West Coast Conference opponent. Second place San Diego, three sets to one. Some drama there. Got a little weird. The NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Committee named BYU their number one overall team as of October 31st. What this means is if BYU uh, hosts, and they certainly will if they continue to do it, that's going to happen. The first round, if they win the second round, they could host the third and fourth rounds of the NCAA tournament as well. They would Regional have 
semifinals. Yes. At home. And if they're the number one overall seed, they would have the perceived easiest path even in the final four because they would take on the fourth best team according to those rankings. Yes, this is good. This is good. And BYU women's soccer beat LMU to finish the regular season. The West Coast Conference champs find out where they go in the NCAA tournament at 4.30 Eastern on NCAA.com. If they do host a game, could be Friday or Saturday this week. A la BYU football in 2012 at Boise Jerem. Let's go for two. Can you predict the future? No. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Look, it was so bad that we're just going to do this really, really quickly. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, uh, Boy State by 17 plus. Cougars mm. covered. That's good news. Now, if they had won, you would have gotten a half point. BYU had won. I don't go for half anything. I know. And, uh, and my effort's always full. And number two, BYU will rush for 100 plus. Mm. I thought that'd be an easy one. BYU rushed for 96 net yards. The Cougars actually gained 170, but <laughs> lost 109 yards More in sacks victory. and tackles for loss. So thanks for that. They gained 170 and ended up with 96 net? Ugh. Ugh. I said first to 24 points wins, Jerem. <laughs> Even if BYU scores that last touchdown, no one's getting to 24. How about that? But the BYU defense held Boise under 24 on the blue and didn't win. They didn't win. Uh, BYU will rush for between 100 and 150 yards. Yeah, I fell victim to that same scenario that you just brought up. Can, can I just say this week, like, BYU will score a touchdown just to get a point? Like, I've been over for a long time. Like, th- th- this is bad. Okay. <laughs> Updated standings. Uh, we stay the same. That's what happens when you don't get anything right. Yeah. I'm 9 for 18. Jerem, 5 and a half for 18. Exciting. <laughs> Here's a look at BYU football's opponents and what they have done and what they are doing. Things are getting interesting. Starting with UMass. The Minutemen go over 60. 62-59 win. I'm thinking like triple or double overtime. Triple, triple overtime. They're four and six. They're playing for their bowl lives against BYU this week. No, they're not. They play Georgia the next week. Okay, it's they're, over. They're playing for five wins. <laughs> yeah, they're not going. UMass receiver Andy Isabella had nine catches for three hundred three. Three oh three. Three oh three. Yet the Cougars on the road, thirteen and a half point favorites against the Minutemen. <laughs> BYU has one receiver with three hundred yards this season total. New Mexico State moves to three and seven on the season. They beat uh, Alcorn State fifty two forty two. Utah not only lost to Arizona State 38 to 20 on Saturday, they lost their starting quarterback as well. Tyler Huntley. Oh. Tyler Huntley left the game with a broken collarbone and is expected to miss the rest of the season. The Utes falling out of the top 25. They sit at 6 and 3. The November woes continue for the Utes. In Arizona, hey, it has been weird, man. A thorn in their side. Now look back at the past opponents and outcomes. Khalil Tate threw five touchdowns in a 42-34 <laughs> win over Colorado. He has eight TD passes the last two weeks. Arizona's 5-5. Five and five. The only team that BYU's played that doesn't have a winning record. They're 500. But they're rolling Everybody now. else is 500 or above. The Their offense play. is rolling now. Cal lost to 10th-ranked Washington State. Ooh, hard-fought game, 19-13. Cal's defense is good, man. Yeah. They moved to 5-4 and four on the season. I think uh, the way Arizona and Cal are both playing right now, they'll both be in bowl games. Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor rushed for 208, three touchdowns. Badgers beat Rutgers 31-17. Badgers 6-3. and three. McNeese State falls to 6-3 and three after a 23-6 defeat at the hands of Southeast Louisiana. Washington, the Huskies hold off Stanford 
Huskies are 7-3, ranked 20th in the latest AP poll, but they aren't the highest-ranked opponent BYU's played this year. This is unbelievable. It is! The Utah State Aggies <laughs> are rolling. Out of Ogden. <laughs> they put up 56 on the islands and beat Hawaii 56-17. Hawaii's still not bowl eligible. They've lost four in a row. Utah State, 8-1 overall. They are 14th, 14th in the AP poll. Wow. Now, the real question is, will they get into the college football playoff poll this week? You would think they you have think to at number one. 14, right? Yeah. Because the committee is just not buying Utah State's strength of schedule. Right. Hawaii's 6-5. and five. They have to win one yeah, more game. They have to win. They have two more games. If they, they have to get win one eligible. Of them. Yeah, they were six and one here, and we're like, "What?" Holy cow! Northern Illinois Huskies beat Akron, the Fighting LeBron James, thirty six twenty six. Stay undefeated at five and zero, and Mac plays six and three overall. They're bowl eligible now. They're in ten of the last eleven years. That wraps up BYU's future opponents and what BYU's previous opponents have done through week nine of the college football season. Coming up, BYU needs to win two of the next three to become bowl eligible. Is that a big deal or no deal? Plus, Jimmer. Dig Jimmer again, keeping the consecutive games of scoring at least 30 points alive. That's coming up with details in the whip. Also, where does BYU women's soccer move in the top drawer soccer rankings? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesdays at 8 Eastern, watch or listen to BYU football with Kalani Satake as your boy Spencer Linton hosts the next two weeks uh, with guest Kalani Satake, of course, a player and an assistant coach. It's tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Signal them in from the bullpen. Bring in the (laughs) flamethrower. Something like that. Yeah, you get the post-Boise State game. Congratulations. Yes! going to be a great show, though, tomorrow. A lot of questions to answer. Absolutely. Yeah. It will be... Uh, it's always a fun yeah, show. It'll be loaded that way. Yeah. It is. It is a fun show. Uh, I think it's a big deal, in fact, Jerem. And I think we should play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And we shall. With Ben Bagley... On the horn as well. Ben, what do you have for us at number one? Well, you guys already mentioned this for number one, but I'm going to bring it back just because it's there. Giving back 109 <laughs> yards, 109, to Boise State on stacks and tackles for loss. I go, no deal. This is normal for everybody, every game. Said nobody. <laughs> this is a big deal. Big as in 109 yards. Yeah, this is a big deal. BYU can't take seven sacks and yeah, expect to and win a game. I, I want to look at the film. You know, AFR is going to break this down tomorrow night and, and countdown. We'll look at it. But how many of those are Zach Wilson needs to throw it away and he's keeping it versus the O-line needs to block better? Obviously, it's a combination of both, but certainly a learning point. And it's not just seven. It's 12 the last two weeks. BYU's really, really given up a lot of sacks the last two. Yeah, that's a big deal. Number two. Well, if it was what's the chance, I'd say what's the chance Zach Wilson's best friend the last two weeks has been an ice bath, but it's not what's the chance. We'll stay <laughs> big chance. deal, no deal. Hey, big deal, no deal. Having, having to win two of the final three games to become bowl eligible. Big deal, because now the pressure's on. Uh, these are two games BYU should win, UMass and Mexico State. You don't want to have to win at Utah because that defense is legit. Uh, UMass and New Mexico State are the two worst opponents on BYU's schedule, and that probably includes McNeese as well. UMass can sling it. They can score. Uh, but BYU has the pressure on now to win those two. Yeah, this is a big deal, and I'm going to cite the fact that BYU is a couple of plays away from being 6-3, and three, Jerem. So it's more of a frustrating deal. 
Like it shouldn't come. It shouldn't have come to this where BYU needed to beat UMass and New Mexico State. BYU's two and three in one score games this year. Like at the minimum, BYU should be playing for bowl eligibility this Saturday. I feel like the Cougars should seven. be five and four. Yeah, right. They should and be now, five and four. Now you probably max out at seven wins this year. Because seven and six, yeah. if you win a bowl game, a frustrating deal for me, and and, and it is a big deal it could, because it has come to this. Number three. Last one, big deal, no deal. BYU a 13.5-point favorite at UMass, and according to ESPN's FPI, they have a 72.5% chance of winning that game. If you don't believe me that UMass stinks, the line should tell you that. Hashtag beat UMass. BYU has a losing record, but they are no slouch. They have Power 5 wins against Arizona and Wisconsin. Okay, BYU can play. Almost beat Boise State on the blue. Almost moral victory. I know. UMass stinks, so I go, no deal. We knew this would happen. <sighs> this is a big deal because I'm shocked that it's this high. It is pretty high, right? <laughs> like, I thought, uh, they'll probably open up as like a 10-point favorite, something like that. 13, 13 and, and a half. 13 and a half. Yeah, no respect given to UMass after they put up 62 against a really bad Liberty team and had to go to triple overtime to win that game. But BYU, you would think the Vegas people know. They typically have not been good early start times, Eastern time zone. B- BYU is 3-1 uh, and one against the spread, by the way, on the road. And maybe they do know something. <laughs> maybe they do know something, Jerem. <laughs> they know stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, so I, I think it's a, it's a big deal because I think that line is high. Coming up. How did Jamal Williams versus Kyle Van Noy go on Sunday Night Football and it's Selection Monday for the women's soccer? Plus, a former Cougar was the best American over the weekend. What does that mean? Yeah. And how high did BYU women's soccer climb in the top drawer rankings? I say whip it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Jared Ward, bro. That's awesome. Best American. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Mattis. If you missed any of the show, you know what to do. Download the podcast or you can watch full episodes, BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, although I wish you were on this team and had caught the final play for a touchdown. <laughs> Let's whip it. Something. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. It's a concession. Football. I love concessions. Hot dogs and whatnot. BYU fell to Boise State 21-16 Saturday night despite having the ball for five plays inside the five-yard line. Zach Wilson was sacked seven times. Crazy. Cougars play at UMass this week. Open as a 13-and-a-half-point fave. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy had nine tackles in a 31-17 New England Patriots victory over Green Bay. And Jamal Williams, who rushed for 34 yards, had two catches for 20 yards for the Peck. Saints Swiss Army Knife. Taysom Hill rushed for 10 yards, including a fourth down conversion. He also had two kickoff returns for 49 yards in a 10-point win over the Rams. I just got really excited about the prospect of Taysom Hill returning a kick for BYU. What what would that have been like? Ugh. Ziggy Ansah returned. How are you doing this? I don't know. Ziggy Ansah returned from injury <laughs> and recorded a sack in a Detroit Lions loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Volleyball. The top-ranked team in the land, BYU women's volleyball, beat San Diego in four sets Friday night in front of 5,082 fans. The Woo! second largest crowd in women's volleyball history in the Smithfield House. BYU is 23-0. and Soccer. BYU beat Loyola Marymount to finish the regular season as indisputable champs of the West Coast Conference. They also make a jump in the latest top drawer soccer rankings up to number 23. 
I think the Cougars will crack into the United Soccer Coaches poll as well, and that comes out tomorrow. More importantly, Jerem, they find out where they fit into the NCAA tournament. Who cares yes. about rankings at this point? Yeah. At 4.30 Eastern, you can watch that live on NCAA.com. Cougars overseas. Yes, well, Jimmer has his own drop. Can we drop the Jimmer drop? Jimmer! Own? There you go, thank you. Okay. Uh, 22 points. Wait, wait, he didn't score 30? He didn't score 30. Oh. Well... It was you were supposed to tease whether he got thirty. Oh Not my bad! He got thirty. My bad. Next time, next time. You live, you learn. Bale Spencer, Back, you twenty-two points, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, and Shanghai Sharks. All good. Tyler Haas also playing over the seas had twelve points and five rebounds in a seventy-seven seventy-six loss for his team in Spain. España. España. Tennis. John Hill advanced to the quarterfinals for the singles main draw at the Drac Kramer tournament. Swimming and diving. The BYU men's and women's swim and dive teams beat UNLV this weekend. Take that, Rebels. Rebels. The women had three first-place finishes from Bryn Sproul, Mariah Lindsay, and T.R. Coker in several events against the Rebels. Today's rise and shout goes to BYU women's volleyball. Amen. The Wall of Brigham. The only undefeated team out of 330 in Division I volleyball. They are number one overall, and they are number one according to the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee as of last week. That means a lot. That's great. Our question of the day. Are you more encouraged or discouraged about BYU football after Saturday's loss at Boise? Can I be couraged? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. At air underscore Rick 515 answers on Instagram. Discouraged. Tons of opportunities to win that game, but BYU shot themselves in the foot with penalties and dumb choices. Those Hashtag food. no moral victories. I like. I would like to shoot myself in the food. <laughs> the elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. It's both. I wouldn't have been surprised if the results of the game were more like the USU game. It wasn't. The defense played well enough to give BYU a chance to win it. That was a big step forward. Disappointed with BYU's inability to punch it into the end zone. Punching's not been an issue for BYU recently. I don't know why they couldn't punch it in. Come on. <laughs> for Jeremiah Spencer, stay tuned for Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rebell, Jeff Grimes, and Elisa Tuiaki. Shout out to all y'all.